So uh, if you have your uh, books, let's turn to page 154. You know, when you get saved and the blood is applied to your life, there's an accounting of every one of those people. And your name is taken off of one roll, which is a book that counts every sin that you've ever done. And it's put over into another book called the Book of Life. Or the Lamb's Book of Life. Moses, even in the Old Testament, talked about that book. And that's what we're going to sing about right here. A new name in glory. All right. Teresa, you're going to have to help me because... Thank you. 
that great mercy that He gave to me. Amen. Let's turn one page over. 156. Sister Sheila and Brother Robert are up with their new companion. So, uh, that's right.
Jesus. Amen. Appreciate it. All right, y'all may be seated. We appreciate the Lord. Thank you, Sister Rebecca. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Y'all can go ahead and sit down. That's our last song. All right. Thank the Lord. So um, we're going to um, come to you this evening. Oh, I do want to say how much uh, uh, for Jerry and Sandra's been bringing their family in. And so, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember all these names, but I can't seem to get them all. So, uh, but I do appreciate y'all coming and uh, appreciate all of you. I didn't get any of the names of the babies. And how many? We got two or three of the babies. Two? Two. Two. That's right. Danny tells us it's Danny Jr., right? Yeah. And then. Wow, that's wonderful. All right. Thank the Lord. Well, we appreciate y'all coming and being with us here this evening. All right. We just want to see what the Lord has for us. And I do appreciate these uh, these young people coming. And uh, uh, I'll be honest with you, I love having the young people come. And uh, I love to see the excitement on their face. They don't. They may not always understand everything that's going on, but I'm going to tell you something. I didn't either when I first came to church. But the Lord will help us. Amen. And I know the Lord is helping them. And so we're just going to get in and see what the Lord has for us. Um, can I come to you here tonight for... Brother Jackie, you think you're up to it? With permission? Okay. Uh, uh, we want Brother Jackie to come and receive our uh, Wednesday night offering here tonight. Father, Sometimes I, I forget about things, and so uh, I'll, I'll try to get it back on track here. Uh, we're going after the offering here. We're going to come to you and see if you have any prayer requests. So you know, prayer is very important, and prayer is more than just saying, "Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep." Okay. It's more than that. It's more than praying and asking, you know, for the Lord to bless our food. Prayer is about a communication between us and the greatest being known anywhere. You may not be able to call the president and say, hey, look, I want to talk to the president. You may not be able to call your favorite person. But you can talk to the Lord. 
at any time. And uh, one of those old songs was something, uh, Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. And so it's important for us to pray and to seek the Lord. And he is interested in you. It's not so much a matter. The Lord does know everything that's going on. And so what's the use of prayer if he knows everything? He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear you talk to him. And so we're going to have that opportunity here in just a moment. We do need to remember um, Brother Ronnie. He's still not feeling real well. So if you would remember him in prayer. Then we also need to remember um, Kathy and Jeffrey Smith. Um, Kathy has been dealing with lung issues probably several months now. And so um, they sent her to the hospital from up here. Just told her to go down there and they checked her in. And while they, when they checked her in, they also did a test and came back positive for COVID. And she has all her shots. Okay. And then also remember uh, Jeff Smith. He too ended up having COVID, but he has no symptoms of it. <laughs> so, so anyway, please remember them. There are still several others who are fighting this uh, stuff. And you know, you can't get away from it, but you do want to try to protect the best you can. And I do want to say I appreciate those who have been helping clean and spray for us here at the church. <coughs> and so um, we do appreciate that. So here on my left, your right side, any prayer request? All right. Let's pray. Huh? Okay. Let's remember uh, Sister Peggy and uh, Heather and also Peggy. Two Peggy's. On this side. All right. 
What about some of you youngins? Everything going good in y'all's life? Huh? All right. What about uh, uh, Anthony? Is he sick? Or? No? Okay. But let's pray for Anthony. We're missing him. All right? Anyone else here on, on this side? Uh, when I first came to, uh, to a hole in the church, pretty much every time I prayed, I always was praying for somebody else. But one of the things that I, uh, Brother Hezekiah Polk, come put his arm around me and he said, uh, he said, Brother Jeff, you're praying real good down there. He said, but uh, don't forget to pray for yourself. Yeah. Amen. For you to be the best help to anyone else, you've got to have a good experience yourself and be right with God. So we're going to invite you to either make a place where you're at or to come around the altars. And uh, let's take this request to the Lord. Come on.
it to us. It's, uh, you know, church, church is not about coming and just watching the two or three folks get involved. Uh, it's about all of us being involved. The worshiping God, the praising the Lord. But the thing about it is, is to get our minds off the things that are going on around there. I know it's hard at y'all's age, you know, get your minds on Jesus. Okay? Um, you know, sometimes we don't realize the seriousness of, of life going on. I was reminded while right there when I was praying about a time when I was about 13 or 14 years old, I think about the age of several of y'all, lived on Tybee Island and my my grandfather lived with us. He was kind of grumpy, you know? And, uh, and that's just the way he was. But I remember him coming to me one day and he said, uh, Jeff, I'm not feeling good. And he said, I called Mr. Driggers to come pick, us up, pick me up and take me to the hospital. I think I might be having a heart attack. And he asked me a question. He said, you want to come with me? You want to come with me? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to go to no hospital. 13, 14 years old. You know, I'd rather stay around here and play. Yeah. Okay. But then when Mr. Driggers came, picked him up and carried him and found out he did have a heart attack, I got to think, what if he had died? What if I'd lost him? And so life becomes more serious. And we need to realize I'm reading of people, young people, every day they're going out into eternity. And so life is more serious. We have had it so good in our country for so long. I have to tell you the last several years, last several years have not been good. Not been good. I remember when he walked into our uh, Walmart in Statesboro and it was clean yeah. and neat and all that. I've been, my wife and I have been overseas. I told her the other day, I said, honey, that's almost looking like a third world country Walmart. The shelves are empty. Huh? Y'all know who Brezhnev is? Huh? He was a communist leader. He was a tough communist leader. So, Sandra remembers Brezhnev, don't you? Huh? And so, one of the things is he came over to try to get things calmed down between us and Russia at that particular time. We were in a, in a race. And he came over and he toured a bunch of places and went to grocery stores. And you know what his comment was? He says, I know this can't be true. He said, because all of the grocery store shelves are full. But it was true. There you go. But my point is, they're not full now. We need to pray, folks. Things are changing. And I don't know about you, I want to be ready. Yes. I want to be ready when the Lord calls. Amen. So uh, 
I do appreciate each and every one of you coming, and I'm really so glad to have uh, uh, Sandra and Jerry's family with us. So very good. All right, so uh, I've asked Brother Todd to preach here this evening. So Brother Todd, if you would come, and uh, if you would give me a signal whenever, well, maybe I just change this out anyway. Okay, all right, go ahead. I appreciate all y'all here. We got a good looking church tonight. Oh yeah. My goodness. We've been praying for um, for helpers, for workers, for the church. Our church likes to do stuff out in the community. Our church likes to get out, you know, and we just don't have a lot of we have a small church. Without all of our visitors, we'd be looking pretty slim tonight. But maybe the Lord has sent us our helpers. Maybe some of you are helpers. Maybe it's some of you children. We just gotta raise them up. We didn't pray specific. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't pray specific. I'm going to uh, preach from Revelation chapter 12. Praise God. You would, can, please stand. Revelation chapter 12. Last book of the Bible. In case you didn't know. Give me a second. Praise God. Tell you what, I like these babies too. As long as they all, don't all start going off at the same time. Uh, Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to read one verse, and that is verse 11. Everybody ready? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. One more time. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we do love you, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us. Your love, your grace, your mercy, God, is unmatched. Jesus, we thank you, God, for that great sacrifice you made for us. We thank you for the blood you shed for us, Lord. We thank you for the cross for forgiveness of sins, and we thank you for the blood, God, that gives us that power to live above those sins, God. We thank you for the blood that changes us, God, into new creatures and helps us live a life holy and acceptable unto you, Jesus. God, I ask you to help us here to hear your words, God. Help us to feel your presence and your spirit, and God, give us a good altar, Lord. We love you, and we pray in your righteous and holy name. And everybody said loudly, Amen. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> like it. All right. Um, I uh, I want to my I title I have title but it, it's um it, it kind of changes throughout it I don't know if it's a real title or not but it's my title um, but it is what is your testimony and what is your testimony gonna be yeah. Revelations twelve um, chapter eleven I'm gonna read it one more time it says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death. Now, for those of you who don't know, a testimony, um, it, it, can be, it can be a couple different things, but for us right now, a testimony is a formal, written, or spoken statement of evidence or proof provided by the existence of something, right? Whether whatever that something is, blah, blah, blah. For us, it's going to be God, right? It's going to be a formal, written, or spoken statement of evidence of proof provided by the existence of God. Uh, the Bible says that they overcame Him by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Who is the Him? The Him is the devil. So they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb, that is Jesus Christ, by Him. That to overcome uh, means to conquer, right? To overcome means to prevail against 
To bring under control, to vanquish, to get the victory, right? To overcome means to get the victory. They overcame the devil. They prevailed against the devil. They won the victory against the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now, only Jesus can do this for us. It's Jesus alone, right? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Only Jesus, right, can help us get the victory. Only Jesus can give us the victory over the devil. And it is by his own blood, right, that we get this. Uh, uh, Have you gotten the victory here today, right, this Wednesday? evening can we say i got the victory can we say it all i got the victory let's say it a couple times i got the victory praise god i got the victory have you got the victory here this evening we can say it together we can say it loud but it is by right the blood of jesus christ and only by the blood of jesus christ can we get the victory now when john the baptist saw jesus coming he said behold the lamb of god who comes to take away the sins of the world, right? That is the victory. To take away the sins of the world by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made overcomers, right? Overcomers by the blood. The blood now, it redeems us, right? Uh, sin, uh, there's a, the wages of sin is death. I'm so glad there's, there's all different types of people here because it just opens up the service and to preach the gospel, to preach testimony, whatever, whatever the Lord will have us to preach. But the, uh, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. There's a price that we're going to pay because of the sins that we've committed, right? Um, just say if you worked at Burger King and you got paid $10 an hour to flip burgers. The wages to flip burgers is $10 an hour. But now sin has its own wages. It has its own price tag. It has its own consequences and it's death. No matter if it's a little little white lie, no matter if it's murder, whatever it may be, the wages of that sin you will pay for doing it is death. And that's for every single one of us. That's for each one of us. Now, the blood of Jesus Christ redeems that, right? We can't can't afford to pay that penalty. It's way too much. It costs way too much for us to be able to pay that. There was an exchange of payment there on the cross. There was compensation made for us, right? Where we should have died on that cross because we've sinned, right? We all did it, but we all come short of the glory of God, right? We've all sinned. I think we know that and I think we can say that. And because of that, Death is what we owe. But Jesus redeemed us. He ransomed us. He paid that sin debt for each and every one of us so we can be saved, right? To take away the sins of the world. That is the victory. The blood paid our sin debt in full. It removes the punishment for sin. The punishment for sin is death. It's the second death. It's hell. The blood of Jesus Christ removes that from us where we no longer have to pay that punishment. He paid the punishment. He took the punishment for us up on the cross. He did that for us, right? The victory. The victory. The blood washes those sins away. Where we have all those sins in our life, that blood He shed washes them away from you. It removes them from you. Right? You're clean. You're pure. He's not going to bring them up. It brings forgiveness. Nobody's going to bring them up again. Jesus will not bring them up to you for the sins that you've um, been forgiven of from this point forward. Now, for the ones there, you're going to take take care of that. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made free. We are liberated. We are no longer bound by sin. We are no longer bound by Satan. Right? When we sin, we become a slave to sin. We're bound to him but by the blood of jesus christ we can be made free Um, we are no longer under satan's power right are you bound here today and if you are bound here today the blood of jesus christ can take care of every last bit of it every last bit of it just one drop can take away all the chains in the world it's powerful the blood justifies it sanctifies it purifies it creates new with inside of us it creates a new person when that blood hits you you become 
a new person by the word of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. It brings us into fellowship with God. We're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for us on the cross. That's what we're talking about, the blood of Jesus, right? It brings us into fellowship with God. When, we're, when we have sin in our life, we have a, a broken relationship with God. But the, the blood, by reconciliation, reconciles us into fellowship with God, right? It, it restores that right relationship with us. The blood does all of these things, but the blood does so much more. You can preach about the blood your whole entire life, right? And have something new, have something that's come up, and it's just amazing, it's powerful. But we're made overcomers. Right by the blood, by that precious blood of Jesus Christ, and by the word of our testimony. Verse twelve. Uh, verse twelve says, "Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them." So I read this, and I'm therefore rejoice. So rejoice. It means that that is to be glad, to be joyful, to be merry, to be in a good frame of mind, to be delighted. And then I looked, and it said, "Those that dwell in the heavens." And I was like, "Ooh." And then it says, "But woe." But woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that the time he has is short. He says, but woe unto you. That is, that is grief. That is sorrow. That is distress. That is sufferings. That is afflictions. That is troubles, right? But woe unto you who live here on this earth because the devil has come down and he's mad as can be, right? He's mad as can possibly be. And, and the way I like to think about it, what really gets me stirred up, what really makes me just, I'm going to just say hate that devil is we can look at every one of these precious babies in here. That devil wants them dead. That devil wants your kids dead. That devil wants your family dead that devil wants each and every one of you dead right and burning that's how wicked he is that's what we're dealing with here right he said that's why he says but woe unto us because the devil has come and he is full of wrath but the bible says that his time is running out also our time is running out here on this earth even if you live to be a hundred years old your time is running out. A hundred years is nothing compared to 10,000 years of eternity. It's nothing compared to 50,000 years of eternity. Our time is running short. I heard one commentator uh, say this. He says, the devil begins to step up his persecution because he knows that his time is running short. We are living in the last days. Satan's work has become more intense. Um, and he says this. He says, today's Weak Christians cannot stand against the attack of Satan. They fail. Every single time they come under attack from Satan, they fail. They, fight, they fail away, right? Weak Christians is what he's talking about. Um, he says um, they come under attack, and we can see this. We can see the prevailing by the condition of our world and by the condition of our churches. Um, Satan is in God's control. One of the reasons God allows Satan to work and to tempt is so that those um, who are only pretending, right, to be followers of Jesus Christ, are weeded out from his true believers. Satan knows his time is um, coming to an end, and he's trying to recreate, he's trying to create, to recruit this great army of just of wicked uh, demons, of wicked people. He's trying to create this so they can attack, right? So Satan can use them to attack others. Uh, we are, uh, we're going to be tested and tried. We're going to, right? Everybody who makes it to heaven will have been tested and tested and tested and tried and tried and over and over and over again. But God wants to create a soldier in you as well, right? We're either going to be soldiers in God's army or we're going to be a soldier of Satan. And they both work. They both do different works, right? 
So I want to ask you this question today. Right now as you stand, right now as you sit, just be honest with yourself. Am I a soldier in God's army? Am I doing His work? Am I doing the Lord's work? Or does Satan have me bound and am I a soldier for Him? Am I going off and saying things I shouldn't say? Am I living a life I shouldn't live? Am I doing things in a certain way that brings a bad reproach unto Jesus, right? Claiming to be something you're not, right? Brings a bad reproach unto Jesus, right? You could be literal. You could be in church and still be a soldier for Satan. I read a book one time. It was called The Screw Tape Letters. And uh, it was two demons that were talking back and forth about their patience, they called us. And one of the demons said, well, I'm sorry, I messed up. My patient's going to church. And the other demon said, hey, don't worry about it. Some of our greatest allies are in there. And it's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's true. But uh, we're, we're going to be one of the two, right? Overcomers of the devil by the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So what is your testimony? What, is, what was your testimony? And what is your testimony going to be? How is it going to end for you? For the overcomers, um, this is what John saw. And this was great. The Revelation chapter 7. This is what John saw for the overcomers. If you could turn there if you would. Revelation chapter 7. I'm going to read starting in verse 9. It says this, and, this, and after this, this is John. John saw this, alright? Y'all hear me? After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, of all kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne. These are the overcomers. And before the Lamb, right? Before that very Lamb of God, clothed with white robes, and palms in their hands, and crowd with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their face, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might, be unto God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence comest they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. These are the overcomers and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. Therefore, they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto livings of fount living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all of their tears. God shall wipe away all of their tears. Now John saw that. But if we look back, and I, I say this is a, a little window into heaven. That's what I've been calling it all day in my head. This is a little window. You want to know what, you don't know what we're going to be doing in heaven? You want to know what it's going to be like? This is just a little three-verse window into heaven. I'm going to read it for you. Um, 10, if you want to read it, it's 10, 11, and 12. It said, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and about the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessings and glory 
and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. Right? It says that with a loud voice, they cried. The thing I love, absolutely love about the Bible is this. These words in here mean something, right? There's so much more of a deeper meaning, right, than what we're reading. If we'll look these up, this word, they cried with a loud voice. It means to call out aloud. Listen to what it means. It means to shriek, right? To shriek means uh, to use a high-pitched voice, to use a piercing voice, right? And a sound of expression and in a sound of excitement unto God. It also means to scream. That's what that word means. To call aloud means all of those things to scream. So if we read, uh, if we read verse 11, you want to know, right? This little window of heaven. You want to know what they're doing in heaven, right? It says they're, they're on their faces. They're worshiping God. They're crying with a loud voice. They're shrieking unto God. And they're screaming unto God with excitement, with zeal. That's what they're doing right now. They're saying all those things right now in heaven. That's what they're doing. That's what's going on in heaven. This is just a little window of what's going on in heaven. We, uh, they, 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 uh, they say they're worshiping God by crying out loud, by shrieking, by screaming, amens, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more COVID, no more sickness, no more disease. You don't have to watch your kids get sick anymore. You don't want to have to watch your mom and daddies die anymore. It's all going to be gone and vanquished away. And we're going to be standing before the Lamb of God, right? Praising Him for all of eternity. A little window of heaven just opened up. Children. Listen, children. I get questions from these children. Why are these people always hollering and shouting? Why are these people always yelling, right? We have some women in here, right? I don't, not everybody's been in our services. But the Holy Ghost will come on them and they will let out a scream. They will let out a shriek. And it is all for the glory of God. And I guarantee you, I don't want to guarantee, but I will almost guarantee you, none of these women who do that here in this church, who scream at the top of their lungs for Jesus Christ as the Holy Ghost comes on them, I would have, I would, I'm not a betting man, but I would say none of them have read this verse and see that to cry aloud means to scream and to shriek and to shrill unto Him. But why do they do it? Because they're doing it in heaven, right? And the whole, it's the same Holy Ghost who's in our church. That's why they do it, children. That's why the women shout and scream and holler for Jesus because they're doing it in heaven. And we have a window in this Bible that tells us exactly what they're doing by the Word of God. By the Word of God, that's what they're doing. There's no denying it. There's no putting it off. It says it. I believe it. Glory to God. Glory to God. By the Word of God, that is what we will be doing in heaven if we so choose to make it there. And it will be a choice. Whew, what's your testimony going to be? How about uh, looking into another window, right? How about death? How about a lake of fire? How about brimstone? How about sulfur? How about everlasting punishment? How about an unquenchable fire? How about destruction? How about outer darkness? How about torment? How about wailing, right? You're going to be screaming in one place or the other. How about wailing? That's a cry and a grief and a pain and an anger. Gnashing of teeth. Right? We're talking about hell. The rich man, right? He went to hell. And you know what? You know, you can look into the windows and you know what he was doing? He was begging for one drop of water to cool my tongue because I am in torment 
in these flames. When I talk about a window in the hell, that's what he was doing. And then he was begging, please send somebody back to earth to tell my family, don't come to this place. I got brothers out there who ain't listening to the prophets, who ain't listening to the preachers. Somebody please go back from the dead and tell them, don't come to this awful, awful place. We have windows in this Bible. We can see in the heaven. We can see in the hell, right? We can see both. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to be in heaven with the Lamb. I want to be in heaven with Him, the one who died for my sins. I want to be the one who separated me from addictions. I want to be with Him. I want to hold Him. I want to look at Him. I want to shake His hand. I want to hug Him. I don't know what all I want to do with Him. I just want to be with Him. And I want to be with Him. And I want to be with my family who's made it. What's your testimony going to be? Uh, I, I look at some of these kids in here. And, and we've had many different kids. At one point, we had up to 60 kids coming. And I, and I look at them, and I look at their testimonies. I, I look at my testimony as a kid, and I share the, some of the very same testimonies as you're going to share, right? When you get older, I share very, some of the same. My mom and dad both drug addicts, okay? Um, in and out of prisons, in and out of rehabs. I was passed around to aunts and uncles and, and nephews and friends and whoever, right? I went and lived with this person, lived with that person. My mom and dad was back and, that, back and forth in prisons and rehabs. I went there. I went here. We went all over. One time I went to Wisconsin. I don't even know how I ended up there. Um, but but they, they were um, they were I, I lived in a, in a drug in a drug house. It was a crack house. Um, uh, my, my, my father was abusive. My mom was a prostitute. Right. Sometimes we went out with eating. Sometimes I wore my mother's clothes to school. I know I can look back at that and kind of laugh because they look absolutely ridiculous. But some of the kids that we go and pick up are living that life now. Some of our kids are living that life now. I ended up in this church uh, about some of our kids age. I ended up here because someone came and picked me up. Right? And I look around at our kids. Somebody comes and picks them up. Right? Somebody comes, gets, takes the take, day out of their time. They leave their house early. They get ready early. They get their five kids ready early. And they leave their house and go pick up whoever wants to come to church. Why? Somebody did it for me. And I really appreciate it. Sister Sheila, Sister Teresa, Brother Jeff, they used to come pick me up. Now, this was a long time ago. I was 14 then. I'm 35 now or even younger. So it, it was a good while ago. Right? But I remember I came to this church just like they're coming to this church. I lived a life just like some of them are living. Right? I lived it. Uh, I, I know what they're going through. And I know what God can do for them. I came to this church for several years. My best friend was uh, the, the pastor's middle boy. And I came because I, I came. You know why I came? Because my friend was here. That's why I came. But I'll tell you what, I felt the power of God. I felt the power of God sitting right back there where our new friend's sitting at 13, 14 years old, sitting right there listening to the preacher. I felt the calling of God. I felt a love of God telling me to get down here and get saved, to get down here and pray, to get down here. Right? God said, I can help you. You don't have to go through what you're about to go through. But guess what I did? I got up and I walked out of that door unchanged. And from that point of time until I was 28 years old, uh, almost 15 years went by, right? And, and I went through a good bit of stuff that I did not have to go through. I, I went through addictions. I went through uh, different uh, mental problems. I went through anxieties. I went through depressions, more, multiple addictions, 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 addictions. I was a, I was a meth head for a, a long time. And, 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 and I, I remember ending, I ended up in my garage, right? I slept out in my garage. I lived out in my garage. Uh, I had a refrigerator out there. I had a table out there. I had a TV out there. My walls were painted in demons. I I had uh, posters of, of the devil smoking 
pot on my wall. I had uh, meth pipes out there. I had pot pipe, I had bongs out there. I had skulls surrounding me out there. I was surrounded in darkness. I was surrounded in evilness. I was surrounded in wickedness. Y'all hear me? That's where I lived at. I lived in my garage. But that very place is where Jesus came. He came out into that darkness. He came out into that wickedness. Right? And he saved my soul. I prayed that night. When I woke up, my meth addiction was gone. My pill addiction was gone. My cigarette addiction was gone. My mental illnesses was gone. My, my anxiety was gone. My depression was gone. I can keep going if I could remember everything that God did for me that night. And the last time I'd probably been to church was, I've probably been a couple times, but the last time I'd really been to church was when I was 14 and I got up and left, right? Maybe 15 years prior to that. I never felt that love until that time, until in my garage. I never felt that drawing of God saying, come on, come on. I never felt it for 15 years until I felt it that night in my garage. I was high on meth when I got saved in my garage. You hear that? And when I woke up the next morning, brand new person, born again, brand new man. Six years ago, January 28, 2016, I've been saved for six years. And God has kept me saved. He's kept me in the right path. He's kept me every step of the way because I couldn't keep myself. If it was up to me, I'd be back already doing it again. And God can keep you as well. You don't have to be in and out. You don't have to be up and down, so to speak, right? There's highs and there's lows, but you can serve God in those highs and those lows. I remember ending up in this church. I remember walking away. And I remember coming back. God called me to come back here. right? Look at these children, some of these guys. They're living that testimony now. You don't have to go out and do what I did. Right. You can take care of it and not have to go through all that stuff. Where I used to be one of these kids who got picked up, so are they. So are they. Look how God wants to use you. I'm a preacher. Is there preachers out here? Children, Andrew? Preacher, preacher's wives? Come on, I guarantee it. Keep serving God. God's going to do something amazing for you. Remember, I have a testimony just like some of you have. And I also have one some of you can avoid. Some of you can avoid. Jesus came out there in my garage and all that darkness and all of that addiction and saved me and changed me. And He gave me that testimony. Uh, that's, my, that, that, that's my testimony, but we're all going to have one. And it's all being written right now, right? Good or bad. Your testimony is being written. The things you're going through now, the way you live now, how your parents are now, how God's bringing you unto salvation now is part of your testimony. You might not see it right this minute, but and, and, you know, later on down the road, if, if you're not saved, if you do get saved, you're going to look back and you're going to think about this service. You're going to think about some of these kids. You might even think about my testimony. But I guarantee you, if you're not saved now, you're going to think about the blood of Jesus Christ before you do get saved. Because when I was in my garage, I wasn't a church-going person. I wasn't a praying man. I've never read the Bible before. But the only thing I could think about as I sat there in, in, in about a five-day meth binge was the blood of Jesus Christ. That is what I have to pray. I'm either going to pray or I'm done. I'm not living anymore. I'm gone. I'm either going to pray and something's going to happen or I'm done. And praise God, something happened, right? The blood of Jesus Christ happened. We all are going to have this testimony. But what is your testimony? What was your testimony? And what is it going to be? We have many, many, many testimonies throughout this Bible. I don't know if you're Bible readers, but we have Paul, right? Paul's testimony. He said, you know what? I was a Pharisee. I was a, I was a terrorist. I went and persecuted Christians. I went and probably had some of them killed. I held the coat of all those people when they stoned Stephen to death. But I met this man. This man appeared unto me on the road leading to Damascus and his man's name was Jesus Christ 
Uh, he touched me and changed my life forever, right? He changed my name to Paul, where I was formerly Saul. I wrote most of the New Testament, a preacher unto God, and a very great one, right? Paul has a great testimony of the woman with the issue of blood. Can you imagine her going out and telling her testimony? I bled for 12 straight years. I lost my wife, I lost my husband, I lost my kids because this issue of blood, I was unclean. I couldn't do anything. Ceremonially, I was unclean. I went to doctor after doctor after doctor. None of them can do nothing. None of them could help me. I gave every, every bit of money I had trying to solve this issue. I bled for 12 years, but one day I heard about a man named Jesus and I knew, I just knew, I believed if I could just go to him, if I could get to him and just touch a piece of his clothes, if I could touch with the bottom of the hem of his garment, I know this issue of blood would dry up. I know I would be saved. I know I would be healed. And you know what? I heard about him. I heard he's right down the road. I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to Jesus fast. So I quickly approached him, but the crowd was so big I couldn't get in. So I pressed through. I pressed through. I shoved people out my way. I squirmed through this way. I got down and crawled a little bit. And when I got to Jesus, I knew it was about to happen. I reached down and I touched both the hem of his garment I touched the bottom of his clothes and that issue of blood I had dried up immediately. It was gone. And she's saying, you know what? I knew it was going to happen because I believed in him. So many great testimonies of the daughter of Jerry. She's about 12 years old. What did she say? I, I remember I was 12 years old and I was just getting so sick. I was sick and I was sick. I could tell my daddy was starting to worry about me. He was really starting to worry about me. And I laid in bed and I laid in bed. And my daddy said, I heard my daddy say, you know what? I've got to go find this Jesus. I've got to go get him to come back and pray for you because he can heal you. He can fix you, right? And then she says, you know what? And then, and then I died. And then I died. And the next thing I heard was people laughing. People laughing all over the place. And they were laughing at this man named Jesus. My daddy went and got him. And he came unto me. And he stooped down. And he said, damsel. He said, daughter, arise. Right? You're not sleeping. You are alive. And she got up immediately. Imagine her testimony. Imagine her going out and telling people that I was raised from the dead at 12 years old by a man named Jesus. Because my daddy believed in him and believed that he could come do this for me. Imagine Lazarus. Me and Martha and Mary were sitting around wondering where Jesus was. We just kept thinking, you know, if he was just here, he would heal me. I wouldn't have to be going through this. If Jesus was here, Lazarus, and then I died. And then I remember, just, hypothetically, then I remember laying in the grave for four days. I'm stinking by this point. But then I heard a great voice saying, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus says, you know what? I just got up. There's nothing else I could have did but just got up and the grave clothes fell off me and the door rolled away and I became alive again. That's where they had the testimony. And I guarantee you he goes out and tells it. Remember the men who's all, uh, who had all the demons in them? They would, say, uh, they would say the demons were so bad inside of me they'd make me cut myself. They'd make me throw myself into the fire. They'd make me try to drown myself. They, they, were, they were inside of me trying to rip me apart. But then I heard a man named Jesus coming up and I felt all the demons inside of me start to tremble. And he came up to me and they told and he told the demons to get out. To go over there somewhere. To go into the herd swine. To get out from him. And they had no choice but to listen. And I was sitting there clothed and in my right mind. And then Jesus told me, he said, now go tell them the good things that God has done unto you. They shared their testimony. I guarantee you they shared their testimony. The man lowered down through the ceiling would say, you know, I, I was very sick. I had the palsy. I was tired of being sick. And I had four good friends that put me on a bed. And they were going to take me to Jesus no matter what it took. 
they were going to bring me to him because they knew that he could heal me. And when we approached this place where he was, we couldn't get in. There was too many people. I got good friends that took me up to the roof. They started breaking the roof apart and they lowered me down. And then I seen, I seen this man named Jesus and I knew there was something different about him. I knew he was about to change my life. And he said, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees want to speak up. The hypocrites want to speak up. Is it better to say your friend's sins are forgiven or just get up and walk? And he got up immediately and walked, right? Because Jesus Christ, that is the testimony that he had. We're looking at the man at the pool of Bethsaida. 38 years, he lay, 38 years he's lame. He's laying at this pool waiting for angels to come down and stir up this water. He says, I can't get in the water. Every time I go, somebody gets in before me. But then a man named Jesus approached me. He said, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole today? Don't you want to get up and walk? Take up thy bed, get up and walk. And immediately he got up. After 38 years of this infirmity, he got up and he walked. What would Judas' testimony be? I remember the day Jesus called me. I remember being his friend. I remember going out with him. I remember watching the healings. I remember watching the miracles. I was, I was with him when they fed the 5,000. He even gave me the money purse for me to hold. But you know what? It was too much for me. I couldn't resist it. I betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I betrayed Jesus for the price of a slave. I watched them beat on him and I couldn't handle it. So I went out and I hung myself. Yeah. The end. That's it. Judas. No, more, no clapping for that one? Okay, I didn't think so. What is your testimony going to be? I've been telling mine for years. I'm telling mine ever since I got saved. The day after I got saved, I text her. First person I just, I got to tell somebody. I'm saved, I'm different, I'm changed, I ain't that same person. I got to tell somebody. Somebody's got to know what just happened to me. Right? I, I told her. First person I told, boom. Right? I've been telling it for years. At jails, at rehabs, different churches around, different states, homeless shelters, uh, gas stations, grocery stores. If I go out and make an internet deal, a Craigslist deal, a gun deal, whatever, they're going to hear my testimony. They're not leaving until they do. I'm going to do it. Uh, uh, parks, uh, a go-kart track one time. And I was in Pooler, Georgia and met a guy. Actually, I got a bunch of tattoos. Well, my button came off. I got a bunch of tattoos and a man in Iraq did it and he was from uh, Texas. We went to Iraq together and he was in Pooler, Georgia at the go-kart track. Wow. Right? Told him a testimony. He didn't take too kindly of him. He thought I was crazy. Might be a little crazy. Yeah. But I love the Lord. Amen. We got to tell it. We're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the word of our testimony. Our testimony should include the blood of Jesus Christ. I can't go off and tell my testimony without mentioning Him, the one who did it, by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is ways we can lose our testimony. There's somebody watching you probably who wants you to lose your testimony. There's somebody watching you who wants you to fail. It's ridiculous. But I used to work in construction. And after I got saved, they would wait for me to fail. They would wait for me to slip up. So when I'm out preaching and talking the gospel to people, they can say, there you went. There's your Christian, right? Waiting for me to fail. I had a friend right in church wanting me to fail. Matter of fact, he even said, I wish the old talk would come back. That's what he told me after I got saved. I said, do you want the depressed, the, the scared, that man filled with anxieties? Uh, filled with uh, uh, drug addictions, that mean man, that man who didn't like anybody, you want him back? He's like, well, can't we just do both? No, it doesn't work that way, friend. We can't do both. Somebody wants you to fail, and those people are soldiers of Satan. Those are the ones, those are the workers of Satan. 
They are. So how do we keep it? How do we keep this testimony? Right? It is by God. It is by Jesus. It is by Him. But we do it by living the Word of God. We do it by living this. Right? That's how we do it. We have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. We have to be intimate with Him. Right? We have to intimately read the Word. I want to ask you, when's the last time you opened up this? Right? Not to check a box. Not to say, well, I read my, my, my scriptures for today, right? But just to intimately get to know Him. Just to find out more about Him. Just because you love Him so much, you want to see what He did. You want to know what pleases Him. When's the last time you opened up your Bible to be intimate with Him? To be close to Him? That's how we keep our testimony. We've got to keep our minds focused on Jesus. We can't, uh, we can't, uh, we can't focus on and Jesus and other things in this world and expect our, our intimacy with God to, to, be, to remain. It will not work. It will not happen. When's the last time you went to pray? Not just to check the box. Not to just say, okay, I went and I prayed today. I read my Bible today. I got both those boxes checked off. I prayed for my church and I prayed for this. I prayed for that. When's the last time you went and you just prayed just to draw close to God? Just to love on Him? Just to praise Him? Just to worship Him? Just to sing to Him? Just to get to know Him better? Just to say, God, help me to know You better. I want to be close to you. I want to be intimate with you. I want to love you like I've never loved you before. I want to get to know you intimately, right? That's how we keep our testimony. That's how we keep our testimony. Intimacy with God is something we can have. We should have. It's to grow close to God. It's to be familiar with God. To be close to God. To be His friend. To be friends with God. To have a deep love for God. Intimacy. We're not talking anything, whatever runs through our minds. We're talking about a closeness. We're talking about a love so deep, right? You can't go around it. You can't go under it. You can't go over it. It's just so compassing. You love Him. Intimacy with God. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. The Bible tells us to pray. Now, I used to think, how in the world can you do that? Right? But when we look up that word pray, it means to worship, to remain close to Him, right? To be in fellowship with God without ceasing. That is all the time. That is uninterrupted, right? That's how we pray without ceasing. We worship Him. We love Him. We do things for Him. We keep focused on Him. All about Him. That's how we pray. That's how we worship uninterrupted without ceasing. When you're going off and doing things you shouldn't be doing. When you're having thoughts you shouldn't be having. When you're thinking bad of people you shouldn't be thinking of. When you're giving that man the bird because they just cut you off. Whatever it is, when you're doing those things, you're not intimate with God. You don't have an intimate relationship with God. You don't have that with Him if you're out doing those things. That's how you keep your intimacy with God. That's how you keep your testimony. The Bible says to rejoice evermore. That is to be exceedingly glad. Right? You ever look at somebody and be like, how are they just happy all the time? How are they cheerful? How are they happy even though what they're going through? How are they just always happy? Cheerful. Got a smile on their face. They have a broken leg and they're just like, thank God, right? Because the Bible says thank Him for all things and that is the will of God. Rejoice evermore means to be exceedingly glad at all times. At all times. Think about yourself right now. Are you exceedingly glad? Are you happy? Are you cheerful? Do you love Him? Do you feel Him? Do you feel His Spirit in your heart? In your soul? Love Him. In everything give thanks. It is the will of God. The Bible says quench not the Spirit, right? Extinguish not the Spirit. That word quench, extinguish. Me and Jamie was talking about we don't need any fire extinguishers around here. So that's another sermon for another day. But we don't want to put out the Spirit, right? We don't want, we, we don't want, uh, we don't want to live with our own preferences over God's. We don't want to put out that still small voice that's telling us, that's leading us and guiding us on these right paths. We don't want to put out the fire of God. That is the, the zeal, the great excitement we have for Him. 
the shouting. Oh, we don't want to put that out. We want it to grow. We want it to grow. We want to be on fire for God. We want to do great things for God. We want to go out with Him. These are the ways we keep our relationships with the, our relationship with God intimate. Our relationship with God fresh. Our relationship with God pleasant and clean and pure and new. Paul said, "I die daily." Right? Daily, I die off to these things. Daily I die off to the thoughts that I have. Daily I die off to the flesh. Daily I die off to, to sin. Daily I die off to the things that I want to do. I die to them every single day. Daily I die off to the people who get on my nerves and I have trouble forgiving them. Daily I get off to the bit daily I die off to the bitterness that I'm having towards others. You gotta die to them every single day, every single morning, right? One day there was a man actually there was a man and he approached me at two o'clock in the morning and I, I'm getting up out of the bed. What in the world is going on? They were in my yard. They they were on drugs and I went out and I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't as friendly probably as I should have been. And I, I told Brother Jeff, I was like, Brother Jeff, I ain't dead at two in the morning. I don't die till like nine o'clock, you know, somewhere around that time. But we have to die to that type of stuff every single day to have a new relationship with God, to be fresh with God. So how is your love of God? How is your intimacy with God? How is it? How long has it been since you died off to all those things? How long has it been since you died off to the worries, to the anxieties, to the cares, to the sins, right? How long has it been since you've been dead to them? Just dead. Don't feel anything towards them because all you feel is the love of God. That's how you keep your testimony. A lack of intimacy with God will cause your relationship to become cold, dead, non-existent, and stale. That word stale, I looked it up. Something becomes stale when you're bored with it. When you're no longer excited about it. It becomes stale unto you. Right. And our relationship with God can become old, can become boring, and can become stale if you don't die daily. If you're not refreshed, renewed daily. Daily. It's a daily thing. Every day. It can become stale if you don't get into your Word and worship Him and read and just want to know more about Him. If you don't get into your prayer closet just to love on Him, we can become stale. Now, stale bread is old, it's hard, it's brittle, it's bitter, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, it's useless. Don't let your relationship with God become stale because you're lacking intimacy with God. It can happen. Uninterested in what you're doing. No longer excited about serving God. I'm coming, but I ain't here. I'm coming, but oh well, I'm here. I've checked off my Bible. I've prayed. I've read. Blah, blah, blah. I'm here. I went out this weekend and talked to somebody about Jesus, right? No excitement. No fire. No interest. You're going through the motions and you're just bored, right? Your relationship with God has become stale because you have lost your intimacy with God. Don't let your, your love and your relationship with Him be that way. So I want to ask you one more time before we're closing, if somebody wants to come to the piano, what is... Your testimony. And what is your testimony going to be? I thought about this. I thought about my testimony. And I could, I could go on and on and on about my testimony. But I thought about if something bad happened. I thought about if, if something real bad happened. And, and some of you were like 20 years from now. Hey, do y'all remember Todd? Yeah, I remember Todd. At one point, man, he was preaching. He was on fire for God. He ran the street ministry. He had the youth coming. He was helping out here and there. Man, but what happened? I don't know. That meth got back a hold of him. Amen. He was strung out again. The last I heard, he got in a car wreck. I think, I'm pretty sure he died in the car wreck. And then Bridget married that other guy. He beat on her and beat on her. He beat the kids. Last I heard, the boys were strung out on drugs. They're in jail. They're in rehabs. I'm not immune to that. That could be my testimony. 
That could be my testimony. But I'm not going to let it happen. God's not going to let it happen. I'm not immune to that. None of us are. My relationship with God could become stale. You know what I have to do? Nothing. Sit around and do nothing. Right? I'll become stale and I'll be gone. Right? Just like it can happen to anybody. We know people who's gone. Their relationship with God became stale. Don't let your testimony end up like that. Right? God can keep you. God wants to save us. God wants to be with us. God wants us to be in heaven. So is your, is, your, is your intimacy with God fresh or stale? Is your relationship with God fresh or stale? I want everybody to think and consider what is going to be your testimony. You're writing it today. Please all stand. If we could, uh, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we do love you, God. And we thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, Jesus. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for your saving power, God. We thank you for the Holy Ghost, God, that you've given to dwell inside of us. We thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us, God, the miracles. We thank you, Jesus, for every bad thing you've done unto us to get us straight and get us back on track, God. We thank you for the bones that you've broken. God, we thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've had to do to keep us on track, God, to keep our testimonies. Lord, all I ask and I pray right now, Jesus. In your holy and righteous name, if there's one, God, if there's just but one who would like to come and get saved, God, I ask you to prick their hearts. I ask you to prick the hearts of these children and help them to know that you love them and you are a God that they can call on, God, to all, to all the regulars, to all the visitors. God, help us to not let our relationship with you become stale, become old, become tired, become cold, become bitter, God. Help us, Jesus, to know you better, to grow more intimately with you daily, God. Help us to die off to this world, to sin in the flesh daily, God. To be renewed, to be refreshed daily. Lord, we pray in your righteous and holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If everybody would, if you would uh, just bow your, bow, your, bow your eyes and close your heads. Close your heads and bow your eyes. Bow your heads, close your eyes, do all three again. Salvation, right, is for all of us. Every single one of us. God said He would that all would be saved and come unto repentance. To get saved, to be changed, to be different. That's what's most important. That's what's most important, to be saved from this world. You don't know how much time you got left in this world. You don't know when God's going to call you out of this world. I had a brother who died when he was eight. He didn't know he was dying when he was eight. We don't know when we're going to die. But we can know whether we're going. Right? We have, we have the Bible. We have the Word of God. So if there's anybody who feels like, you know what? Today, I want to be different. I want to be changed. I want to be saved. I'm going to call this all up in a minute. I just want you to listen. I want today to be my day that I can say this day I got right with God. I surrendered everything to God. You want the victory? It takes surrender. It takes you to surrender everything you love, everything you like, everything you want, everything you desire, all of your hopes, just to give that to Him. Hand it over to Him and say, have it. Do, what it, do with it what you want. I just want to be saved. And it is by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you would just ask for forgiveness of your sins, I, I've sinned, I've messed up, I know I've done things wrong, I know I've done things bad, but God, forgive me of those sins. God, come into my heart, live, make me a new creature, I'll trust in you and I'll believe in you. If you'll help me, God, I'll do these things for you. I don't want to do those sins anymore, right? That's how we get saved. It's just by a prayer, a simple prayer. If you're gone, if you're far gone, if you're stale, you get back the same way you got back the first time. It's through prayer. It's through praying through. Not just praying till you feel a little bit better. 
It's going to take more than, than wiping the fingernail polish off your toes. It's going to take more than burning stuff out in the yard. You've got to pray until you pray all the way through, until it's gone, until you don't feel it anymore. If you're stale, you feel cold and old and dead, you can get fresh again. You just got to die. You just got to die off to those things. So as she plays, I'm going to make a general altar call if you want to. If you want to come forward, right? Let's come to these altars. Let's pray. If you want to get saved, please, we'll come. We'll help you. If anybody wants to say, you know what? I want to pray to get saved. Let me pray with you. Let Brother Jeff pray with you. Let Brother Jamie pray with you. Come to one of us. We'll pray with you. We'll help you pray all the way through if you're not saved. If you feel like you're stale, we can help you with that too. Come on, let's pray.
uh, puts little value in trust. Don't trust mom. Don't trust dad. Don't trust family. Don't trust government. Come on. Don't trust church. You know? Let me tell you something. First and foremost, you're going to have to learn to trust Jesus. Yes. Others may lead you wrong, but it has no reflection on Jesus. He will never lead you wrong. There are times He may lead you into a valley. He may lead you into some place and you think, Lord, I thought this was going to be better. Hold on. Hold on. I found so many times He has to get us to a place and things have got to change. And then it gets better. I appreciate the Lord for that so very much. Good preaching here tonight, Brother Tom. And I appreciate that. What kind of testimony are you going to have? Well, we're making it right now. We have a saying about preachers, you know, you are living your funeral message right now. And as a minister, I say, please, make it easy on us. Huh? Don't make us to have to not say anything about your life, but help us to be able to have good things to say about what you've done and your relationship with Jesus. Any word before we dismiss here tonight? Don't forget um, Saturday at the park. What time? 1.30. We're having, uh, we're trying to do it about every two weeks, uh, weather and health permitting uh, for young people to come. So if y'all can, come meet with us and, and we're looking forward to that. Those of you who uh, can, come back and be with us Sunday morning. Come to Sunday school. You will learn something different in Sunday school. Amen. And, and it's good. All right. Shake hands. Be friendly. You are dismissed until Sunday. <laughs>